Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Welcome to the Mazzard Cast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to Season 2 of the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is the four-year cocaine guinea pig for Maddie Mock, Colin Anthony. Thanks for having me. And out today with complications from some autoerotic asphyxiation, uh, Brian Goers. He took it a little too far this time, uh, ended up in the hospital. That's a risk he runs. It is, but I think he'll make a full recovery and be back with us soon. But we've got an exciting show for you guys today. Today was the uh, annual black and gold game for the Tigers, the spring game. Spring game fever. I've got it. it. Catch it. We both have it. Um, We also have an exciting show for you today because we have a guest in studio today. Um, Actually, we were able to sit down earlier with, before the game, with a big get for us, I'd have to say, Colin. Probably the biggest guest we're ever going to have. I would say that's probably a safe assumption. Yeah, SEC Network's Booger McFarlane himself sat down with an exclusive interview with the Mazzotcast, and we're happy to bring that to you today. Maybe the nicest guy you will ever meet in college football. Certainly the nicest guy I've ever met, and I've only, <laughs> I've only met like four people who are associated <laughs> yeah, with college football. Exactly. So, so he's in the running for sure. But uh, let's get down to business. Let's talk about the spring game today. We were in attendance, as were about 30,000 other Tiger fans, according yeah, to the official yeah. attendance. Um, I think the uh, theme today was offensive explosion. Yeah, that's right. Um, what pretty much along what we were expecting, what we've been hearing about in the uh, spring games or spring practices this year, the offense hasn't been doing too much. Certainly not against our experienced Mizzou defense. Maddie Mock and company uh, didn't bring a lot of heat to the game. No, no, they were gasping for air, much like Brian Goers uh, <laughs> throughout the day. Yeah, so the uh, the Tigers' offense, uh, the the starting offense, started out with in a fourteen point deficit. Ended up losing the game seventeen to ten to the uh, second team offense and first team defense. By the end of the game, of course, we got to see quite a few players who won't see much time during the regular season. But it's always good to uh, see what they're bringing to the table. But um, all in all, you know the the young receivers looked young. They dropped a few passes. Malt kind of threw a few bad passes, but he was scrambling around most of the time. His his first pass attempt of the day was almost an interception, which would have been fitting, I think. Yeah, and it's, you'll hear from Booker. The, the interceptions need to be held to a minimum, but that's not uh, too much insight. We we know that uh, Maddie needs to improve. 
But, um, you know, the, the Tigers' offense looked poor last spring, and certainly they, they weren't great during the year, but they did just enough. The question is going to be, will the defense be able to keep them in games as they did last year? Well, and all indications are uh, that they will. They mm-hmm. looked good. Um, they looked really good, really. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to say that um, when you're playing yourself, but uh, there seem to be rushers in the backfield almost immediately. So that's uh, if there's one excuse for the quarterback play um, or the offense not really getting rolling, it's that the uh, defense seemed to be in the Tiger backfield more or less all day long. Yeah, and if there's one thing we do know about here at the Mazzotcast, it's playing with ourselves. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, so uh, we really are the experts this week. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the one difference, I'd say, with the defense this year with Shane Ray and um, Marcus Golden being out is that the power is really going to come from the inside line. Yeah, yeah, that uh, seems to be the consensus. Um, but I did see the edge rushers get in there, too. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, Connor McGovern was not uh, active today. He's yeah, been battling yeah. an injury. Not that that would have helped the line based on his play. I maybe I'm a pessimist or uh, just an asshole. <laughs> Let's check, <laughs> check and double check. <laughs> but uh, um, everybody, you know, talks about McGovern and Bame and all these guys coming back, and that's going to make us uh, really good. I, don't, I the offensive line did not play that well last year. I, did I watch a different? A football team than everyone else last year, at least the talking heads. Uh, yeah, we weren't necessarily bad, but we weren't good. And everybody talks about the offensive line being a real strength, and I guess just because they're a year older. You know, I think there were times where they did look pretty decent, but the problem was that they didn't have a ton of consistency. There'd be games where they couldn't open up holes at all, and then there were games where um, it seemed like Murphy and Hansborough found a lot of running room. And so, uh, you know, maybe a year. Hansborough did look good. Yeah, he he, you know he, we got a thousand yard rusher coming back. We've got a returning quarterback, good or bad as he might be, and you know we, we have some things to, and we have a, a returning offensive line, good or bad. They've got some experience, so, can't hurt. Yeah, and so while the offense might struggle, we do have things in place that you know there's not a ton of SEC teams who have experienced quarterbacks. Well, and Ish Witter didn't really show us much today, but you hope that he can sort of fill those uh, Marcus Murphy shoes a little bit. He's fast. I mean, you can see that on the field. I think he's faster than Murphy. Mm-hmm. Murphy wasn't as fast as I thought he was. I, I watched the NFL Combine. He ran like a four six forty, which by uh, normal human being standards is extraordinarily fast. By uh, NFL standards is just uh, mediocre for a running back. But mm-hmm. um, Ish looks faster. Maybe, maybe it's a, a trick of the eye, too. He may just be quicker, you know. Mm-hmm. Quicker than fast is a is a Mike Mayock term. Quicker than fast. Yeah, I think the one thing that people wanted to hope to see is uh, some of the young receivers kind of step out and, and show themselves to be potential uh, stars for the team. I don't know if we did see that. I, I think one thing I noticed about, like uh, for instance, Leftwich is he's a very fast kid. He uh, runs away from defenders. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, can he catch the ball? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't really uh, do anything today to dissuade my uh, concerns in that department, but mm-hmm. he is—he uh, does inexplicably on most plays seem to be, you know, getting distance, you know, between him and the defensive back, and that's concerning. Certainly, uh, uh, positive. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, if he can catch the ball, would you know certainly translate into points for the Tigers? I would hope. Yeah, and, and um, you know a couple things that I noticed uh, too going in is that there are some players that uh, that had experience last year but are really fighting for the job this year. One of which is uh, tight end uh, Sean Culkin, who uh, you know he was the starter all year long, but it, you know he the, the talk is that uh, you know he's got uh, 
he's got uh, Reese, another tight end, uh, hot on his trail to maybe pick up that first string uh, spot. And then uh, another person we ought to talk about is Wingo, who who was a converted cornerback, and he did uh, have some nice catches. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. Um, which is uh, was another positive because uh, on a team that seems to be uh, short on receiver, at least experience, uh, he looked good. Uh, I don't want Colkin to start. If Colkin's the best tied in on this team, that is not a good, that's not good news for the Tigers because he was inconsistent catching the ball. He was inconsistent blocking. He was just a guy. He's a jag, just a guy out mm-hmm. there. And uh, I would really love to see some tight end uh, steal his job because, if anything, to me. Um, Colkin played his way out of the starting position last year. I mean, I, can you remember a single big time play that kid made all year long? I mean, yeah, you know, he did have a few. Um, now they're all they third down conversions. Maybe? Third down conversions. They weren't big plays, but they were you know like you know third and eight spots where he picked one up off the. Uh, yeah, I moved the chains. I mean, yeah, I just yeah, feel like that's as big as it got. I can moving the chains. Yeah, I feel like uh, you know anybody could fall ass backwards and moving the chains. Uh, you know it. I want to see you know some explosive explosive plays um, from the tight end position, and maybe that's asking too much from a tight end. But maybe it's because we've had great tight ends historically over the past few years, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Colkin just does not live up to that. Maybe I'm too hard on him, but he I really think, did not show me anything last year. Yeah, no, and and it would have really given the offense last year a little a lot more options. Matty if, needed the help, for yeah, sure. yeah. And so um, hopefully the tight ends job, uh, whoever picks it up, will be more of a factor. I think maybe the first completion of the game was to Reese, and it was in a in a he made a catch. He kind of. Let it and get into his stomach. It bounced off of his his uh, pads, and he he caught it with his hands and kept running. And uh, I think maybe picked up a first down and looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so hopefully that translates. But uh, it's a tight end position is a big question mark. Mm-hmm. The other thing people are wondering about the the offensive line we talked about is going to be experienced, but how they're going to line up. We all well, Evan Bain will be center where everybody else plays is still up for grabs. And with Connor McGovern being out with the injury currently. We're not seeing the final look. Uh, Gary Pinkle talked about during the game that uh, Connor McGovern would might look at uh, being the left tackle this year. Um, Ugh, that scares me. I know. He, he moved over to right tackle and did a little better last season, but he supposedly is a natural left tackle. But I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. And obviously, just like last year, that could change midseason. I feel like um, left tackle is traditionally your most uh, athletic, you know, offensive lineman and and probably versatile i mean i feel like with a left tackle that's a guy that could play almost any position at the line he's just so good he has to play left tackle i mm-hmm. do not feel that way about Connor mcgovern but again i'm admittedly not an expert yes that's right uh you are not neither am i uh, really our best expert is uh, stuck in the hospital with a lot of burn marks around his <laughs> neck <laughs> he sure is <laughs> so yeah like i said we were at the game a little light rain but not nearly as bad as it could have been it was forecast sure. to be but i should sidebar um with brian if in case people are interested yeah let's he get back did to finish. that <laughs> he did get to finish he did finish we, they, when they found him he had finished i'm so. glad you brought that up because probably a lot of listeners that was they were worried and that you know we mentioned it right at the top of the show and the, i'm sure the listeners from that point forward have been like well did he or didn't <laughs> so i felt like it was i'm obliged to bring that up thank you for doing that because uh, i didn't i hadn't heard <laughs> i heard that's good <laughs> So anyway, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I saw I was who found him. <laughs> so the Tigers finished their game. Brian finished. Um, <laughs> and uh, in case, I don't know if we brought it up, but the Tigers did win today. Congratulations. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Well done, Mizzou. We, uh, yeah. We're 1-0 on the pretend season. Mm-hmm. And so, 
Yeah, and uh, you know the problem now is that uh, we got a little football fix and nothing, nothing, For a nothing long, until August. Long time. Yeah, it's a summer of nothing. Well, I think if anything, you know, the thirty thousand fans. I mean, that seems paltry compared to the Ohio State who brought a hundred thousand fans to their spring game, but. For Jesus Missouri, Christ. that's pretty good. That's it's ten thousand more fans than last year, and uh, there's some enthusiasm for the the Tigers. And I think this spring game shows you, you know, in the drought without college football, people get fired up and they think, "God damn, I want to see some football." Yeah, and it, it is good because um, we were talking about it before the game that you know the Tigers really wanted to bring more people. They had a nice little carnival, uh, yeah. and for the families and things like that. And, they, and you know they had things to do prior to the game. The weather forecast was questionable. And then our two metro areas, Kansas City and St. Louis, they both had baseball, big baseball games. You know, early mm-hmm. and nice weather. Um, both teams doing well too. I'm so they're you know they're they're packing their stadiums on both ends of the state. So that's that obviously going to steal some fans. And and it's something that a lot of those SEC t- states don't no. have to worry about. Yeah, and exactly. So, what the fuck else are you going to do in Alabama? No, I mean besides rape. Other, yeah, go ahead. Rape a sheep? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your sister, but yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, meth lab. Yeah. Maintenance. <laughs> I think that's more of a Kansas thing, but sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. But, you know, they, they don't have the, the pro baseball, basketball, hockey, all the stuff that sure. the Missouri has to, that uh, draws fans away, especially in April. Well, and plus, you know, there's a myriad of color runs going on at any time during this time of year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> have you ever seen something on Facebook that people are more proud of? Didn't who have ran and had someone throw fucking cornstarch in color when color in their face? Ugly babies. I mean, <laughs> other than that, I mean, and sometimes they bring their ugly babies to the color runs, and then it's a Facebook orgasm. <laughs> and it's stupid quotes that are meaningless. Yeah, well, Bible verses and whatnot. Yeah, those are very important Facebook. Uh, I like the fat girls that um, like uh, want to talk down to me about how they're proud of their bodies, and I'm a son of a bitch for expecting anything less from them. It's interesting. They're they, beautiful, Brennan. They're beautiful. Whether I think so or whether I believe it or not, they're beautiful. Inside and out. Um, I do think there's uh, tears and barbecue sauce on those keyboards <laughs> while they're talking about how comfortable they are. Yeah. But hands sticky from candy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we maybe have digressed into a different... We do that. Yeah, it's, it's what we If this do. is the first show you're listening to, we'll do that from time to time. Yeah, let's talk about it. We are in season two of the Mazodcast, the first and only Mizzou football podcast, so I'm pretty proud of us for doing that. I still feel like we need to check our facts on that, but I'm going to go with it. I, I, I think I'm going to go with it forever, <laughs> regardless of facts. Well, I, wait, what a way to start the season. Booger McFarlane. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Now, and the thing is, I heard that a lot of people tried to get him uh, to sit down for an interview, and he turned him away. Yeah, he, only the Mazadcast was good enough for him. You know, our reputation preceded us. <laughs> well, you know, you know, our uh, peers, mm-hmm. our compatriots over at Power Mizzou, did mm-hmm. get an exclusive interview with the uh, basket in the locker room that they throw their sweaty jock straps into after the game. Mm-hmm. So they're going to sit in and, and get some questions in with them. So good for Power Mizzou. Yeah, I, listen know. to that um, hot exclusive interview. <laughs> so I think uh, what we're what you're going to hear this year from the Mazadcast, stuff like today with Booger McFarlane, everybody else, in comparison, will sound like hot garbage. <laughs> hot garbage. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, let's I just give you a – before we go into our break, I just want to tell you a little bit about what we're going to do today. We're going to you know clearly go into the spring game more, talk about what – we have ahead of us for the football season. You're going to hear that interview with Booger McFarland. And, of course, you're going to hear some Kansas news. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll give you some scores right now. Nobody played. <laughs> well, there were several spring games. There were several spring games. And but every think... single one of those teams won today. <laughs> Congratulations to all of them. Uh, there was some complaining I saw on Twitter that while 
Uh, Mizzou was playing live their spring game. The SEC Network decided it would be better to cover a, a repeat of the Alabama spring game rather than a live showing of Mizzou football. Well, um, while that may make Mizzou fans angry, it does. It makes me angry too. It's probably, you know, those decisions aren't made based on loving or hating Mizzou. They're based on ratings, and unfortunately, right. <laughs> Alabama's repeat of their spring game will beat out Mizzou's spring game every single time. Let's win a couple national championships and see if we can change that. That's right. It, this such is the state of affairs. So we can't complain too damned much. So, well, Colin, I think what I'm going to do here is we'll take our first break. Then uh, what the fans want, and what I want, really, is uh, here, not us. And yeah, sweet, gonna, sweet booger. Sweet. We're going to bring you all the booger you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in to Season 2 of the Mazadcast. Tell a friend, this is... The Mazadcast? <laughs> you know what it is. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. With us now is Booger McFarland from the SEC Network. Welcome to Columbia, Booger. Yeah, glad to be in what they call Como, huh? Yeah, that's right. And so uh, Booger's in town for the black and gold game, and uh, he was nice enough to sit down with us for a couple of questions. So thanks again. I appreciate it. The only Columbia in the SEC that matters is well, I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, I know you guys are a little bit biased. I, I can't quite say that because there's, there's another Columbia that matters a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't say the only Tiger that matters because yeah, we've got an LSU guy. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, a couple questions I wanted to ask you is, uh, I saw that Marcus Spears is going to be in uh, LSU for their mm-hmm. spring game, mm-hmm. and you got Columbia, Missouri. How did he get the alma mater, and you get stuck up here oh, oh, in the north? Well, I think it was, you know, the luck of the draw, so to speak, uh-huh. you know, because I definitely uh, kind of threw my hat in and, you know, we chose straws and I think he got the, he got the longest straw a little bit. See, what I thought was that you're more beloved down there and that he, you would draw more attention away from the game. <laughs> and so nobody's even going to notice Marcus. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Marcus, Marcus was an All-American just like I was and, and he'll do a good job down there. Like, no, nah, truthfully, I think it's just the way the schedule worked out. He was going to be in Baton Rouge early in the week during the spring tour. And so it only made sense for him to stay there through the weekend, do the game. Plus, he grew up in Baton Rouge. He's from there. I was coming to Missouri. Uh, I made a commitment to come to Missouri for the uh, spring tour later in the week. So it only made sense that I stay here and do the spring game. So, Plus, there might be a little bit of glare off your Super Bowl rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it's it's fun because I never really wear them. But I think I'm going to pull them out tomorrow for the for yeah. the black and gold game. Yeah. Yeah, you should. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Let's get to the Tigers, I guess, a little bit. Uh, the big concern everybody's talking about around town, of course, is the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty Mock was up and down last year. He, he struck. He had his struggles, but he fought through. Obviously, we got to SEC title game. Mm-hmm. But he's got another concern this year, which is all his receivers are young or completely inexperienced. There's a lot of they did a lot of recruiting, but there's not a lot of on-field experience for him to throw to. Uh, how do you see the Tigers possibly overcoming that, or do you think they can? Well, I think they can overcome it, and, and and let's be let's be honest. Even last year when they had Bud Sasser and Jimmy Hunt, 
they were still a running football team. You know, Maddie Mark struggled throwing the football, and I think he struggled because of his inconsistency in the pocket, learning when to stay there, when to run out, and and, and that's something the coaches have been working on him, working with him this year. But I, I think overall, Missouri is going to be a running football team next year. Anytime you bring back Connor McGovern, Evan Baum, Hansbro, that offensive line, the tight ends that can block, their best thing is going to be able to run the football. I know Matty Mock is one of the only few veteran quarterbacks in the conference to come back, but make no mistake, you have to lean on your strength. And the strength of this team, in my opinion, are the two corners, the two inside guys, and it's going to be that offensive line in Hansbro. So you have to play to your strength and cater everything you do around your strength. So if Matty can not turn the football over, those young wide receivers, I, I know uh, Leftwich, Moore, Brown, some of those guys – are inexperienced, but they, but they're talented. They don't have the six, five, six, six guys like they had in the past, but they have talent. But until that talent develops, they're going to have to lean on the running game. Over to the defensive side, uh, there's a lot of experience on the line, but there's two big holes left from last year, which, of course, is Shane Ray, who's looking like a good draft pick. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Marcus Golden is gone. Um, but we've got Harold Brantley back. We've got several guys who had a lot of experience on that line. Um, do you think the defense can kind of show up like they did last year and, and hold the Tigers in games if the offense does struggle? Well, I think the defense is going to be the best defense Coach Pinkle's had in a long time. Uh, yes, you lose Ray. Yes, you lose Golden. But, you know, you have Brantley, you have Hatley, you have Augusta. Uh, I love Loudon Harris on the edge. I, I think they're young, they're inexperienced, but at the same time, I watched them move around a little bit yesterday. I watched them do some. Uh, their movements is really good. They can rush the passer, and they love it. And this defensive line rushes the passer better than any defensive line, maybe, uh, maybe in the country, just because they do it. If you go back over the last few years and you look at the amount of players that they've turned out, Success leaves clues, and there's a lot of success here. And I think, you know, Coach, uh, you know, Kugelowski is, is doing a great job of making sure he teaches technique and fundamentals. And so it, it's impressive what they do. This defense will be good because of the guys inside. You got all three starters coming back at linebacker. But the two corners, when you talk about Dennis and you talk about Penton, those two guys, I think, are as good a pair of corners maybe in the country. And so I think this defense is going to be really, really good. Matty Mott just can't turn the football over. If he just if he just takes a sack or throws it out of bounds, the defense will keep him in a lot of games. But the offense still has to come through and win and score some points. A lot of folks are uh, predicting regression for the Tigers. Um, I've seen a lot of that on the SEC Network. Do you see regression, or do you feel like they can – can they give Georgia? I guess uh, we, we kind of feel like, obviously, the East title probably runs through Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't – do you feel Tennessee. like – too. Yeah, I mean, everybody. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of predictions that the SEC East is getting stronger from a kind of across the board. And while I, there, I hear a lot of predictions from Mizzou, maybe regressing a little bit, having lost a few players. Uh, where do you feel? Well, the, you know, the thing Missouri's got to be able to do is stop the run. Uh, it's amazing how this conference goes through ebbs and flows, but in the end, you got to stop the run. And when Missouri went against Alabama last year, the physicality of the line of scrimmage showed its course. And so, at some point, when you play LSU. Georgia, Alabama, you got to line up and hit somebody in the mouth. And the last couple of times Missouri has had an opportunity against Auburn, against Alabama, against some of the more physical teams, they've struggled. So I think that if you look at the East, you're going to have to stop Hurd in Tennessee. you got to stop Chubb. You're going to have to stop those two guys to win the SEC East. So can they line up and do it physically? And that's where those three returning linebackers are going to play a key role. That's where having guys in the middle, uh, I think they need, you know, 
Josh Augusta needs to step up. I know he's a big guy, can plug the middle and, and, and play physical, but he's got to step up and be that guy that can take up two gaps inside and be a run stuffer because this defense is not big. We all know it's not a big defense. They rely on speed and athleticism more than they do size and, and, and physicality. So they're going to have to stop the run. And if they stop the run, there's not a there's not a faster defense in the conference. Like they will be so fast flying across that field, but you got to hold up on first and second down. Just like you were saying, it's, looking back at last year, Nick Chubb came out. Um, his first game was here when Georgia absolutely destroyed the Tigers, and the defense didn't know what didn't look like they knew what to do. But then by the end of the year. Um, Arkansas came into town and they far had the size advantage. Right. And by the end of that game, it did look like um, that, that Arkansas was the ones who were wore down. So it looked like they'd had a learning experience. And hopefully that. Well, you, you, yeah, but you got to do it consistently. Yes. I mean, you know, you don't do it against Georgia, you do it against Arkansas, right. and you don't do it against Alabama. I mean, you got to do it consistently. You got to be able to stop the run, and, and you should have better play at the quarterback position this year. You know, I, I hear and read a lot of articles about how Matty Mock is thinner. He's he's a little bit, uh, he's in better shape. His body fat's down. Oh, that's great. But what that doesn't change is the six inches between your ears and his ability to know when to do X, Y, and Z. I think ultimately that's what's going to determine this season. Like, you can get in the best shape of your life if you want to, but you got to be able to make the right decisions. And for him, it's going to be when to stay in the pocket, when to throw it out of bounds, when to take a sack, all those different things. And if he can do that, then – He's, he's, he has a, a propensity to make a lot of big plays. He can throw the football down the field, but what you can't do is trade a big play for a turnover. Trade a big play for a sack fumble. You, you just can't do that. So he's got to do a better job. He's got to act like a veteran quarterback. So, uh, you mentioned Alabama playing Missouri last year. Uh, Saban and Pinkle, old t- teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, who would win if they matched up Pinkle and Saban in a fist fight? <laughs> I'm going to take Coach Pinkle. I got a chance to interview him yesterday, and I know Nick is, you know, Nick has got that, you know, that macho and that all that that, that gravitas to him. Yeah, but Coach Pinkle's Coach Pinkle's stocky now. Yeah, he's a yeah yeah he's a stocky, you know, kind of a little stocky fellow. So I'm going to lean toward Coach Pinkle on that because he doesn't say much. He's kind of quiet, and I just like the way he's he's built better than Coach Saban. Okay, take a bold stance. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> who, uh, who are you looking at on the west side? Do uh, you feel like Alabama's going to continue to reign supreme, or is there somebody going to sneak up on them? Well, I don't know if they've reigned supreme the last few years. I mean, the, the west is the west. I mean, I mean, there were there was five weeks where Mississippi State was number one. Ole Miss was in there. Uh, if LSU can learn what the forward pass is, I mean, they got as much talent as anybody in the country at every other position except quarterback. Alabama's bringing a new quarterback. A&M looks like they have their guy in Kyle Allen. So the West, to me, is going to be the West that, that we always know. Anybody can win it. And, yeah, Alabama has, you know, you know all the, all the bells and whistles and all the five-star recruits, but they're not the – I don't think they're the most talented team in the West. How about uh, Mizzou's kind of been gifted Arkansas as the new rival? Where do you feel Arkansas is going? Everybody seems to think Belima's taking them in the right direction. Do you agree? Yeah, I think they are. Arkansas is a better team. They're going to be consistent. Like, you know what you're going to get out of Arkansas. It's going to be three yards of cloud of dust. They're going to hit you in the mouth. They're going to make you play their style of football. And if you can't do it for four quarters, then they're going to put a hurting on you. So I think Arkansas is what we know they're going to be. They're going to have a Big Ten mentality with SEC caliber athletes. And that's a scary deal because you can play ball control football. Your defense doesn't have to be on the field all day, but at the same time, you can 
physically win the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage, which is ultimately what you have to do in the SEC. And I think that's why Missouri's won. I mean, when you when you bring it back to Missouri, the reason the, the Tigers have played for the SEC title two years in a row is because of the offensive and defensive line. And if those two things will continue to be a strength, then they'll be right back in the mix again this year. Well, I know you've been up since about 4 a.m. this morning, so we'll let you go. But I have one last question, important question. Tomorrow's big game. Do you think Missouri can win? <laughs> well, uh, if they can't win tomorrow, I, I don't. It, it, tomorrow may be the easiest game they'll ever have to win <laughs> in the history of the program. And if somehow they lose tomorrow, that doesn't bode well for the season. For our podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Booger. We very much appreciate it. Thanks no so problem, much. guys. So how great was that? That was awesome. Yeah. So um, I <laughs> honestly thought when we just said we we're going to have Booger McFarland, people would think that we actually were not. Um, I felt like that was why it was necessary to put the pictures up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, a couple things that uh, Booger said that I found uh, particularly interesting, one of which, you know, my contention has always been that Matty Mock's a bit of a rockhead. Yeah, he sure did. And uh, he mentioned the six inches between his ears. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he wouldn't have brought that up unless that was kind of something he had maybe heard rumblings and, rumblings and grumblings hanging around Faroe uh, this past week. Um, I hope that's not the case, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm always willing to bet that I'm right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point that uh, while Matty Mock has physical talent, he's not a great decision maker. And so Booker said that as nicely as he could. But it's something we all know. It's just something we have to work around. We have a kind of a dumb quarterback who has a lot of talent. And he was positive about everybody, of course. But, uh, you know, I asked him about Arkansas, and everybody seems to be very high on them here in April. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not seem super high on them. He didn't seem, you know, like I said, he's never going to say anything overtly negative about anybody because, you know, he's on the SEC network. But he didn't say, oh, yeah, they're absolutely, you know, a front runner for this Western Conference. You know, I, he's like, oh, they're moving around. They're going to three yards cloud of dust. They're going to punch you in the mouth. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but lukewarm would be the, the, tone, the, the feeling I got about him. Well, I do agree with Booger that uh, while Arkansas may or may not win the SEC West, um, I don't know that you can predict who might win the SEC West. It is wide open. Well, I think he makes a good point about the West being just, you know, bunch of fucking juggernauts bashing in each other week after mm-hmm. week so who knows you mentioned you know mississippi state old miss alabama they're all last year at different times during the season were considered you know the tits i, I think what we're going to see out of the west next year is that some, the old guard will return to form i think the old misses and the mississippi states they're not going to have the year they had last year they they're, not that they're going to be bad but they will not have this kind of year that they had last year. And, and like Booger said, um, you know, if LSU can learn what the forward pass is. <laughs> like that, yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, but it's a standard issue LSU thing. They're going to have crazy talent. That's a less Miles thing. Yeah, yeah it is. But, um, you know, it, will they be able to utilize, maximize that talent? Who knows? Alabama is I just every year is going to be in the hunt for the title. You know, I think we've mentioned before, I, you know, that's my biggest fear with the uh, Florida having a new coach? Are they going to have a coach who can maximize their talent? Because I think for Mizzou and we kind of it was brought brought up that everybody kind of seems to be moving in the right direction. They feel in mm-hmm. the East, and though there is a lot of predictions for regression for Missouri, and you know, I I still have a hard time buying in on Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll see. I not mean, maybe this year, but maybe next year. I don't know. I just um, Florida. I feel like has the ability to sneak up on us, but I really, like I said, and we mentioned it there. I feel like the the championship goes through Athens. Mm-hmm. And you got to hope that um, you know Georgia shits the bed a couple times like they did this last season and uh, opens the door for Missouri. 
you know, um, I think the East might be the more interesting division this year because, and I, and I do remember last year people were talking up Tennessee and talking up Florida. We're going to have vast improvements over their 2013 season, but that's not what we saw. I mean, Tennessee started to pull it a little bit together. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, people are really high on him, but he's still a young quarterback, and they're still a young team. I think he still doesn't have any eyebrows. He still doesn't have any eyebrows. And Booger didn't bring that up, but I think it's important to mention. It is. And of course, Booger's a little hair follicle challenged himself, <laughs> so it may have been a sensitive subject. Yep. But the thing is, to um, you know, just because you have one a strong recruiting season or a couple strong recruiting seasons, you still have to translate those good recruits into good players on the field. And Florida obviously did not do it last year. Tennessee may do it this year, but it may take another year of development before yeah. that happens. So, um, well, I I got a kick. I was reading on Twitter today that uh, on a, the, one of the War Eagle pages about uh, Auburn is already saying, "Oh man, the the defensive improvement is just astonishing under Muschamp. It's just astonishing <laughs> based on the spring game, right? And it's just like it's just like uh, Alabama last year with Lane Kiffin. The right. the coach now has a name that people recognize, and therefore everything's going to be magically better. Oh, I mean, why are we even playing the season? You know, that's it's just going to fucking wreck everybody. Yeah, and I think one thing we one team we haven't talked about, but as key to the Eastern Division is Georgia because they're the one team that's in a position like us that they're not rebuilding from scratch. They have a very good team, and uh, you know Nick Chubb. They got Chubb who ran over us last year. Ran over a lot of people last year. He did, but he certainly kicked the shit out of us thirty-four to nothing. So no, no, absolutely burns me higher than the other teams they ran over. But you know. They had a little fall off at the end of the year when they when basically when uh, they were crying all over Twitter that they <laughs> <laughs> Missouri was going to go to the uh, SEC championship instead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. great. But um, but they're going to look good again this year, and if we have any hope of retaining the East title, we, we've got to look good. Against well, and Booker Georgia. mentioned it. You know, our defense is kind of predicated on speed, and uh, you know, you want some really big bodies in the middle if you're going to stick stop a Nick Chubb. Uh, he mentioned Big Bar Augusta. Yeah, and Big Bear is another one of those guys who's fighting for his position. Mm-hmm, he absolutely is, which so, I think is a good sign because you know John, I, Josh Augusta is not a player I looked at looked at as a weakness, right? You know, and if he's being supplanted by somebody else, that's probably good news for the Tigers. Yeah, you know, he wasn't he he wasn't the strongest player. I'll, I'll be honest, he had a no. couple, he had some shiny a shiny moment there. Um, sure, but. Uh, yeah, it is a good sign because one of the things the Tigers, even when they've been good, their complaints have been their their depth. Yeah, but he is a starting caliber Division One defensive tackle. Right. And, you know, for him to be, you know, on the line as far as his position it says good things. And, no, you know, no misconception, he's not an All-American by any stretch, but he's a starter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, like I said, might lose his job. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, you know, the spring season, it is – kind of to me in college football it is the season of bullshit because (laughs) it's great for talking heads uh as much as it is for anybody because you're playing against yourself you are not playing against other talent that's capable and so you you say oh you know oh they look really good at wide receiver oh this team looks really good on defense but you're just playing against your your second team and it doesn't tell you what you're going to see when the, in the fall, months from now, against uh, their top Division yeah. One talent. Plus, nobody's going to no- remember what you said in April. No. So they, these guys feel free to just just you know spew shit out of their mouth, knowing that it that means nothing. And when you've got to fill out a 24-hour television network, as the SEC network does, you've got to have shit to talk about, and this gives you shit to Perfect talk Perfect example about. that he brought up the Matty Mock being in good shape thing, which is mm-hmm. something that... Uh, 
you know, is kind of across all sports. Like he's in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't translate to jack shit. It reminds me a lot switching over to baseball of how Cubs fans are going to basically were like hand us the world series trophy because we're going to be so good this year before they'd played a single game mm-hmm. before they played a spring game. Yeah. So it, uh, how's that working out for him so far? Yeah. Fuck the Cubs. Jesus. <laughs> no, that's the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Drop. Whoops. Oopsie doodle. Well, this is not a professional broadcast. No, it is not. We have never claimed it to be. Yeah, but it does remind me, uh, you know, there isn't a lot of substantive things to talk about about football, just the spring game. So why don't we switch over to a very, very important thing, which is Kansas news. Absolutely. Let's do it. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. Fuck kansas <laughs> yep so uh, it's time for kansas news and uh like what have those rascals been up to brennan oh god they're always up to something colin i gotta tell you and uh, despite the fact that it's not football season it is always time for jack off kansas stuff so um i'll just start out with a story that is you know this is one of the most respected members of uh, the citizens of Kansas, uh, Senator Pat Roberts, who uh, you know is a United States senator. He was in the middle of a Senate hearing, but it was interrupted. The Senate hearing was interrupted because his phone um, started to go off playing his ringtone. What do you think a, a United States senator's ringtone would be? I don't know. It's probably like uh, John Philip Sousa marches or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something patriotic. Sure, or, sure. No, it was the song Let It Go from the movie Frozen. <laughs> Let it go. Uh, yeah, so an otherwise humdrum U.S. Senate hearing was interrupted Thursday morning when Pat Roberts' cell phone ringtone played a familiar tune. U.S. Secretary of Ag- Agriculture Tom Vilsack was speaking before the Senate Finance Committee uh, when uh, Roberts' ringtone sounded. Oh, come on, Roberts, the Kansas Republican said when he reached uh, to silence his cell phone. Roberts' ringtone played Let It Go from the widely popular Disney animated film uh, Frozen. Oh, Senator, turn off your phone. Turn. So <laughs> that is, I'm hoping his granddaughter got a hold of his phone and just, uh, you know, Grandpa, I, I, I downloaded a ringtone for you. Yeah, you know what? I don't think it is. I think that I just think it's his favorite movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so Vilsack and others in attendance cracked a smile as Robert silenced his phone. I would say a smile of uh, l- laughing at the old humiliated idiot. <laughs> um, so uh, R- Robert's joked, just let it go, minister. Said, and he told Vilsack with a grin. The 78-year-old Roberts was uh, asking 78? Mm-hmm. Any, I didn't know anybody over the age of 50 had seen that movie. I, I've only <laughs> seen it because I have kids. Yeah. Um, I, apparently, the, you know, it was a very important... Yeah. Senator, please, we're trying to record a show. Off. Can you set it to silent? Thank you very much. So, yeah, anyway... Um, he later tweeted about the incident, or he had a staffer do it because I doubt Absolutely. he knows how to use he just Twitter. Just have a fucking clue what Twitter is. Mm-hmm. So and he hashtagged it for the grandkids. So he he, uh-huh. he wanted them to think that was mm-hmm. the case. So great job, Kansas. Um, uh, my, I the rumor I heard is that um, it's how uh, he masturbates to Disney films. Well, Ilsa. From Frozen was a very attractive young lady. She was. Yeah. I don't think anybody can argue that. <laughs> no, not in, no, indeed. Uh, let's move to our second story. This t- comes to us from the Wichita Eagle. Uh, a Kansas board is to set to discuss a proposal to hire unlicensed people to teach in some districts. I'm actually shocked if licensed licenses required in Kansas. Senator, set, turn your phone off. Wow, set it to silence. Just a switch on the side. Why did we invite him? I, you know what? <laughs> no, we have Booger McFarland and the United States Senator. I don't. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the Kansas State started to interrupt. By the way, um, I, actually, I didn't do it. No, it was senator. a senator from you. Yeah. 
The State Board of Education on Thursday will consider whether to allow some school districts to hire unlicensed people to fill teaching positions. A, gr- a coalition of innovative school districts, a group created by Kansas lawmakers, allowed a small group of districts to work outside of some of the state's educational red tape and its proposed specialized teaching certificate, which I assume a specialized teaching certificate in Kansas is written, scribbled in shit <laughs> on the back of a paper towel, and it, and it just says, humans can teach good. <laughs> And uh, to acquire said certificate, you have to admit that there is no such thing as global warming, evolution, or, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think the first two pretty much cover <laughs> Pretty much cover in Kansas. Uh, there's no such thing as mountains. They, don't, they hate mountains in Kansas. Well, well every cave is no, not older than 5,000 years old. Let's just, that's... <laughs> so, yes, uh, so we think local administrators and boards are best situated to determine the needs in their classroom. I feel like this is probably the product of you know you can make more money fishing golf balls out of ponds mm-hmm. and selling them than you can as a teacher in kansas so they just like uh, they're having trouble filling spots well i mean in the past it was required that you had a college education mm-hmm. sure. and that you knew something about the subject in which that you were teaching makes perfect sense and so obviously it would be difficult to find people who meet those uh, criteria those steep criterion um <laughs> And so why not let just a rube off the street do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like a good policy. You should see how that works out, Kansas. Uh, the state's largest teachers union opposed the plans, and it is a slippery slope that may be convenient for school districts but would be harmful to students. But since when have Kansas residents given a shit about students? <laughs> I don't know. I know that their uh, university system certainly doesn't. No, no. They, I mean, it's, it's a tragedy that people are allowed to go to the University of Kansas, frankly. It really is. I, for a long time, was on the impression it was actually punishment for shoplifting. But it's people. <laughs> People choose to go there. Yeah, that is really, really sad. Um, speaking of sadness, uh, let's let's go back to the uh, the state government. Uh-huh. The, this is a big one. Uh, this comes just from the Christian Science Monitor. Uh, Kansas welfare law. Why the long list of prohibited prohibited purchases? Sorry, I'm having a little trouble talking. Uh, apparently, the uh, Kansas state governor has signed into law a, uh, a new law that will tell poor families they cannot use cash assistance from the state to attend concerts, get tattoos, see a psychic. Or buy lingerie. I feel like I don't necessarily disagree with this, but I feel I feel sad that you need to have to, you have to pass this legislation. This is a necessity. Like, yeah. Please don't get piercings with our with our state funds. Please. Were there a lot of people buying lingerie on state assistance? I I don't know. My understanding is is that they can use their card like an ATM card and get cash out. So I mm-hmm. feel like this law is um, completely toothless. Mm-hmm. It's like don't buy cigarettes with the money we're giving you. But here's $25 in cash. <laughs> to do with whatever you see fit. Yeah. So the list of don'ts runs into several dozen items. More than 20 other states have similar lists, but the one included by the Republican-dominated Kansas legislature is a bill that GOP Governor Sam Brownback planned to sign Thursday. It appears to be the most exhaustive. Uh, it's inspired national criticism and mockery from people such as The Daily Show's John Stewart, who suggests that... In accepting federal funds, Kansas should be forced to give up items like roads paved with luxurious <laughs> asphalt. <laughs> I feel like Kansas is uh, uh, makes an easy target. They they continually do, and that is why we have to bring you this. Governor Brownback, I mean, I, really, he's almost like a cartoon character. He's mm-hmm. so. I mean, if Hollywood was to write a script about an incompetent, fucking harebrained governor. Um, they would say this story is too much. Okay, like this, this, this person you're writing about is not believable. He's no, that, too fucking crazy. No, it won't. It won't be believable in a film. And I don't know if you knew this or not. There's a little fact. Uh, Sam Brownback. That was not his actual last name. He changed his name to just more of his uh, sexual proclivities. <laughs> 
I'm not sure what brown backing is, but it's something <laughs> Sam's into. So something Brian Goers is into too. <laughs> Clearly. So the list has attracted attention because it feels mean-spirited, said Shannon Castratus, uh, president and CEO. Oh, it absolutely is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it feels that way because it is. Yeah. They, we, they hate poor people. I mean, <laughs> They're the worst. I don't think they're trying to hide that. I want to say it, go on record to say I love poor people as long as they don't live anywhere near me. <laughs> that's, very, that's very kind of you. Uh, so that he's a, she is a CEO and president of advocacy group Kansas Action for Children. It really seems to make a statement about how we feel about the poor. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. <laughs> it's part of a broader welfare law taking effect in July that Brownback and allies say is aimed at moving poor families from social services into jobs. Let it go. Let it go. <sighs> Senator, shut it off. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, we want to get people off of public assistance and into the private sector. And we've had a lot of success doing that, Brownback said during an interview with the AP. So um, have they, though? I think they haven't had success at anything ever, yeah. except college basketball, and it's all they've got. Well, the Child Rape Museum, obviously. We're not going to no. Hall of Fame. It's a, it's really a, a museum and Hall of Fame attached <laughs> to each other. Either way, it's you know they've got Kansas basketball, the Child Rape Museum, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty much nothing else. And pestilence. pestilence. The, the, um, <laughs> the interesting thing to me, one of the things on this list that they're not allowed to buy with state assistance, which seems very un-Kansas, uh, it prohibits buying guns. Well... I feel like the government has passed uh, legislation where they give those away. That's right. That's true. So there's true. no reason to, to you know, spend state dollars on them. No, yeah. When you drive into Kansas, there's a little bit of a logjam because on Interstate 70, when you drive west into Kansas, <laughs> they hand out handguns. <laughs> a little, little, little station there, that, mm-hmm. a little drop-down. Yeah, and they, they have random checks if you don't have a gun in your car. Well, I feel you like it's for safety. Yeah. They're like, like, listen, you're coming into Kansas. Are you armed? Are you prepared for what you're going into here? It's like a fucking Mad Max movie. It is a fucking wasteland, and it is scary. So, um, yeah, that probably does make sense. i got to give them a little you know, benefit of the doubt for that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, uh, Brennan, listen. If we couldn't have anything good to say about Kansas, you know, nothing at all, that would make us fanatics. <laughs> that's and right. when you're fanatical about something, it steals credibility. Indeed. And so, you know, Kansas doesn't do all things bad. Right. Let's list a couple. <laughs> well, I was raping livestock for, for top of the list. I yeah, mean, they're the they're best at that. Efficient. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, I don't, if you're going to, you know, learn to rape livestock, where else would you go? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where you go to learn. I think one, another thing Kansas does well is it, it, it provides an example to the rest of the states in the union of what not to do. Oh. And if we didn't have Kansas as a guinea pig for, for, you know, what not to do. Other states might be tempted to try things that Kansas sure. does. Sure. I mean, and then fall into swallow. You know, we'd have swallow. to move on to states like Alabama to, to give us an example of things not to do. And while mm. they'd be good, they yeah. wouldn't be great. And that's Kansas right. is great. That's all right. They aspire to greatness. That's right. Good isn't good enough. Nope. So uh, here's one thing um, that it, uh, is in the story that I think touches on something you brought up earlier, Colin. It says critics question whether such restrictions can be enforced. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can answer that, Brennan. They cannot. <laughs> yeah. So Elizabeth Schott, senior fellow at the Center for Budget Policy Priorities, uh, said enacting them simply creates an aura of abuse that does not exist, undermining support for the programs of what the restrictions will do, she says. Uh, but touching off what you said, like, how can they prevent it? Well, that's, you know, I, I, I suppose since you're only allowed to, like, withdraw $25 a day via your ATM card, mm-hmm. that you would have to save up for, like, four straight days to get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. So there's surely these poor slack-jawed yokels chewing on their corn cob pipes you know breathing through their mouths uh would never be able to 
squirrel away money for that long with mm-hmm. their constant need for cigarettes and alcohol. <laughs> well, um, it, the, the story ends on a note that uh, Kansas' uh, child poverty rate hovers around 19%. Hmm. So, uh, great job, Kansas. That is one in five children. Again, Brandon, if we can't mention poverty. things that they're good at, then then we're just fanatics. Great, yeah, they're great at you know, having their children be impoverished. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, great job, Kansas. Thank you so much for providing us week in and week out a glorious entertainment from your uh, stupid, stupid policies and stupid, stupid activities. So, um, <laughs> I think what we're going to do now is we're going to take our second break of the day. We're going to take a breather and we'll come back with you for the end of the show. But this is the Mazodcast. And we're back. And, uh, you know, Colin, is there anything else you want to talk about about the spring game today? No, not really. I know they asked Pinkle after the game about the offense. He said he was unconcerned, though I don't know that you'd get any other answer from the head coach. No. He's he... not going to say, we looked fucking miserable, and I plan on us looking fucking miserable the rest of the season. Yeah, I saw uh, Matty Mock's comments after the game, too. He said, you know, he just wanted to work on their consistency. He said, you can't look great one play and then look terrible and look like you don't know what you're doing on the next play. I think we all feel that way, Matty. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, has cornered the market on that at times, so I hope he does get that figured out. No doubt. And, you know, there was a – speaking of the, the spring game today, it was bookended by uh, Mizzou Baseball, which was in town as yeah. well, and they were playing Alabama. Uh, it was a doubleheader. They lost the first one and then uh, won the second one to take the series two games out of three, which is good enough as uh, South Carolina was playing number one Vanderbilt in the SEC and to, for the Tigers to take – the lead in the SEC in baseball. Which is a big deal in the SEC, because the SEC, as much as it's known as a football conference, is also a baseball conference. A big baseball conference, and it is, of all the sports Mizzou plays, it is the one area where I would say that they have struggled the most transitioning into the SEC. Well, I think, um, like football, the SEC from top to bottom is better than most conferences in baseball, and so, you know, uh, the baseball team has not had uh, cupcake games to Mm. uh, kind of balance in between uh, superior opponents. Yeah, you know, in, in the Tigers, they've been drawing about 1,800 fans, 2,000 fans are about to the baseball games, which is great. That's a full stadium at Taylor Stadium, but there are 10,000-seat stadiums in the SEC. Yeah, the SEC, some of, their, some of their stadiums look like uh, minor league stadiums. Um, they do. And, in fact, you know what? Without a minor league team in the area, I, I feel like, you know, if we can get some consistency going in baseball, there's no reason we can't expand and, and, and draw bigger crowds. If they continue to play like this, they'll have to expand. Yeah, the, the, the problem that Mizzou faces that some of the more southern uh, opponents do not is the weather. Yeah. February baseball sucks mm-hmm. in Missouri, and uh, you know it's hard to get people out here. But in maybe April, they could build a nice indoor facility. You know, yeah, maybe a dome, a, a, dome, a heated dome. I think that's a great idea. Maybe we should suggest that to we our new athletic send director. Send him an email. Yeah, <laughs> you've got a cell phone now, right, Brendan? Yeah, it's, uh, I got boogers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he can work on that for us. But yeah, you know. Uh, you were talking about Booger, and he truly was the nicest guy you could ever mm-hmm. want to meet. He was just mm-hmm. so nice and so gracious the entire time. You uh, don't always expect that from, like, national No, sports. no, especially, like, for instance, ESPN right now is dealing with, a like, a, a minor uh, catastrophe with one of their yeah. uh, 
blonde uh, talking heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's something. I really enjoyed this story. Britt McHenry? Kenry or what? Britt McHenry. Yeah, she. Uh, I had, had no idea who she was prior to this. No. So uh, kudos Pre- to her for getting her name out there. <laughs> Apparently, based on her t- comments, we were supposed to know who she was because she was telling that lady how what a big fucking deal she was. Yeah. She. Oh my God. If you all have not seen the video of this uh, young lady uh, going off on a, I think a parking consultant or, or, or she, like her, a, her car got towed and when she went oh, to get her car from okay. the tow company she just lit into the lady behind the counter basically like, i got a degree and i'm a bunch i'm really, i'm on tv i'm important and you're a bunch of shit and you're a uh, you know it it was not the best look for her no espn but, suspended her yeah as as you might well expect uh I'll, I'll give her the credit on this uh if i am getting my car towed i'm probably not in the best humor <laughs> but why don't we give you a little taste of what she said I'm in the news, sweetheart. That's I will work on this place. Okay, that's fine, and I'll play your video, so careful. I'll she got warned. That's why I have a degree. Sure. I wouldn't want to come to a place like this. She's, I, she seems like a real sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all you care about, is just taking people's money. Mm-hmm. She seems... With no education. <laughs> no education. No skill set. Yeah. No, no skill set. Yeah. Do you feel good about your job? God. So I could be a college dropout and do the same thing? The man that gets his hooks from this gal. Lucky guy. Hmm. She's pretty. (laughs) She is that. She'd better be with an attitude like that. Oh, like yours? They look so stunning. Because I'm on television and you're in a fucking trailer, honey. Lose some weight, baby girl. Oh, lose some weight, baby girl. Yeah. <sighs> wow, and I'm going to tell you this: the the gal working the desk was much more gracious than I would have been. Yeah, she handled it fairly well. She made a little dig at the end about the girl's roots or something, you know. But uh, <laughs> after taking that kind of abuse, you know, I feel like she had at least that to to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, so ESPN suspended Brit. Yeah, there was a hashtag on Twitter: Fire Brit. I mean, there were people were fired up about it. Some hashtag Fire Brit, um, and uh, people wanted her head. Yeah. I think it's, I think, you know, like I said before, you know, it, when you get your car towed, it's not something you, uh, you love, but you know what you need to do when you know what Brit really needed to do. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Finally, the Senator being here helps. Yeah. Thank you, Senator. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, sorry. I just got into the moment. Um, God damn. That's, she even warned her right up off from the yeah, top. Yeah, I wanted to say Right that. up from the top. Yeah. You're on video. Yeah. You're right there. Right she goes, there. I will play her video. So she knew. She knew yeah. what she was getting herself into. She must be a pretty big wheel. I like that she's, you know, she portrays herself as a pretty big fucking deal, but I had never heard of her before this video ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fine my, introduction to the world, Britt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my television on, is on ESPN 90% of the time, and I had no fucking clue who this girl was. 10% of the time, spice hot. <laughs> That's true. Yes, true. <laughs> Not going to deny that. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, we, let's see. We had the spring game. We you had know, baseball. Yeah. We should introduce that gal to Jameis Winston. <laughs> they seem like They're a likely a good couple. couple. Yeah. They're a good couple. Yeah, I don't know that she, you know, Jameis has gotten a little doughy, and she seems to point out weight issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know how well the first introduction would go. Jameis has his own issues with introducing himself to women. Yeah, yeah he so, sure does. Yeah, well, maybe we'll rethink that. But, yeah. uh, 
anyway, uh, been a, been a pretty darn good day for Mizzou, I'd say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and had a, had a nice uh, spring game. The weather held out. Uh, the baseball took the SEC lead. Uh, I'm happy. Um, the only thing sad is uh, I have to wait so damn long for real. It really, football. really is miserable. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, I, we're glad to start the season. Season it's sad two for the listeners too, Brennan. Yeah, I, mean, I know they, it is. I know they, they miss us as badly as they miss football. I, they have to. I mean, our velvety tones—it's hard to go do without. But I want to tell the listeners if uh, if they do miss us, want to get a little Mazodcast love, send us a tweet at Mazodcast. Ask us for a uh, bumper sticker. We'd be happy to send. We've been sending out quite a few lately. Yeah, and um, it's one of the few ways we have to like track our listenership. And <laughs> that's right. Then, we are too then, stupid to know how many <laughs> listeners we have. <laughs> so it's, uh, if you are an IT person out there, send us a tweet as well. Tell us how we can track a listenership. Because uh, we're sending out quite a few stickers, which I feel like mm-hmm. is a pretty good sign. Yeah, and I'm just going purely off sticker count. We have <laughs> but dozens. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, we're going to sign off here today for uh, our spring game broadcast of the Mazzotcast. I do want to thank Booger McFarland from the SEC Network for sitting in with us. You're the best. You are the greatest. And uh, we'll try to come back with something in between because there's not going to be a ton of football news until August. I don't know what the fuck we'll talk about. No, I don't know what we talk about during important times in the season. True. So, And and I think before we sign off, we also want to say a farewell, uh, get better message out to Brian Goers. Yeah, he's... We're going over to the hospital after this to to say hi and uh, mm-hmm. see how he's getting along. Bring him some lotion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That neck's really chafed, as yeah. well as some other appendages. So tweet out some uh, <laughs> get well soon uh, tweets to Brian, too. I know he'd appreciate that. Absolutely. So. But, uh, you know, for, for with that, I think I'll just say go Tigers. Go Tigers. And see you later. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.